Welcome to Ministry by Mail, a weekly sermon publication of the Church of the Lutheran Confession. Our sermon for the fifth Sunday of Pentecost is by Pastor Luke Bernthal of St. Stephen Lutheran Church in Mountain View and Hayward, California. Our theme is True Freedom in Christ, based on the text of Galatians chapter 5, verse 1 and verses 13 through 18. Grace to you in peace in the name of our Savior Jesus, through whom we are truly made free, dear, brother, dear, dear fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. The text for our meditation and application to our daily faith life is taken from Galatians chapter 5. We'll read verse 1, and then we'll read verses 13 through 18. And that's printed for you in the bulletin if you'd like to follow along. The Apostle Paul writes and he says, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. And from verse 13 he says, You, my brothers, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the sinful nature. Rather, serve one another in love. The entire law is summed up in a single command, Love your neighbor as yourself. If you keep on biting and devouring each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. So I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with each other, so that you do not do what you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under law. These are the words of our Lord. Let us pray. Let the words of our mouths and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. If I had to make a list of my favorite words, I think the word freedom would probably be somewhere in my top 10, for sure in my top 20. I don't know, maybe it's just because it was 4th of July weekend or maybe because I'm a citizen of the United States, but I really like that word, freedom. Such a positive word, it even sounds positive, doesn't it? it? Makes me feel happy when I hear that word. It makes me feel, well, free. During the 4th of July weekend and uh, during that holiday, we often think of the importance of the freedoms we enjoy as citizens of this country. We usually take the time to celebrate and also to commemorate uh, the men and women who made great sacrifices to give us the freedoms we enjoy in this country. People who sacrifice and work so hard to give us uh, the freedoms in the land that we enjoy today. As we think about and celebrate that beautiful word, freedom, and all that it means, we turn our attention today to a more important freedom, a freedom that we enjoy as citizens of an even greater nation, a freedom that is found in Christ, a freedom that was won for us by the sacrifice and the battle that Jesus won on the cross, and a freedom that we have as citizens of his kingdom. That's why we take the time, not just once a year on a certain holiday, but take the time every Sunday on the commemoration of his resurrection from the dead to celebrate and commemorate the freedom that we have won, that Jesus has won for us through his resurrection. 
So as we celebrate our freedom in this land of liberty, let's also today celebrate our freedom, true freedom, in Christ. When the unbelieving world around us looks at us Christians, do you think the first word that comes to their mind is freedom? I don't think so. They probably don't think of that word at all when they think of Christians. They probably think the opposite. They think of Christians as having very restricted lives. They think of a lot of the do's and the don'ts of God's law. But the fact is, fellow citizens of Christ's kingdom, we are truly free. We truly do have freedom in Christ. Now, sometimes we mistakenly think that freedom means doing whatever we want, whenever we want. But that's not actually true, and that's not actually true freedom. True freedom is not being enslaved to anyone or anything, including ourselves. True freedom is not even being a slave to your own desires and your own wishes and wills. True freedom also involves remembering the fact and respecting the fact that everyone around you has the same freedom that you do. So you literally cannot do everything you want because if you did that, you'd be also be intruding on other people's freedoms. Stealing, for example. If I want what you have, I can't just take it because you have the freedom to own that possession as well. You have a right to, uh, to those things. And so freedom, true freedom also involves responsibility. Some of the problems that our country faces today are because people have forgotten that fact or maybe aren't living out that fact very well in their lives. With freedom comes responsibility. The Founding Fathers understood that how a person uses their liberty, how they use their freedom, would determine how well the nation would function. In the same way as Christians, as citizens of God's kingdom, we have responsibilities that come with this gift of freedom in Christ. And how we use that freedom will go a long way into determining how well Christ's church will function. The question we ask ourselves each moment of each day is, how am I going to use this freedom? Will I use this gift of freedom in the right way, or am I going to to abuse it. Paul speaks of this freedom and its proper use in our text in verse 1 and verse 13 of the verses we just read from Galatians chapter 5. He says, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. You, my brothers, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the sinful nature. Rather, serve one another in love. With those words, Paul encourages us to stand firm in the freedom that Christ has won for us so that we aren't again made slaves. And he warns against and lists two ways in which we can lose our freedom and again be enslaved in a spiritual sense. The first is through legalism. And the second is through lawlessness. The first way Paul points to losing our freedom through legalism is dealt with in the verses that we jumped over in this chapter. It's, it's expanded upon in verses 2 through 12 of this chapter. In those verses, Paul essentially says this, if we say that we're saved by God's grace plus our works, then we lose our freedom. 
no matter what the work is, no matter how insignificant it is, if we say that we must do some sort of work in order to be saved, then Paul says, it makes Christ of no value to you at all. Because then we are not saved by grace, we're saved in some way by our works. Grace is a free gift, undeserved and given freely by God. If we need to add works to it in some way, it is not actually grace, and therefore we don't have true freedom. Paul also warns against enslaving ourselves to the Old Testament laws and regulations from which Christ already freed us. The Old Testament laws that Christ fulfilled, the laws that pointed ahead to him that would find their fulfillment in him. He says again in verse 1, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Don't put yourselves willingly under the slavery of that law that is no longer in place over you as a New Testament Christian. The second way he says we can lose our freedom is dealt with in the verses of our text, and that is through lawlessness. We can go in the complete other ditch, not, not the legalism ditch, but the lawlessness ditch, and we can completely forget about God's law, forget about doing God's works, or doing good works altogether. And if we do that, then again, we lose our freedom. We need to remember that although good works do not have any value in gaining our salvation, they do have great value after we've been saved, after we come to faith in Jesus Christ. It's those good works that show that we have true saving faith. Those good works also show that we are exercising our true freedom in Christ properly. Again, verse 13 of our text says, You, my brothers, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the sinful nature. Rather, serve one another in love. Did you catch that seeming contradiction in Paul's statement? He reminds us to use our freedom, and we use our freedom properly in Christ when we serve. Those seem like contradictory terms, freedom and serving. But he says we use that freedom properly when we serve one another in love. And he goes on to remind us that the law is summed up with one single command. Love your neighbor as yourself. Just think of how incredible, how peaceful this country would be, our entire world would be, if everyone used the freedom God gave them in Christ to love and serve each other as they love and serve themselves. And then look at the contrast, the terrible consequences when we don't do that, when we choose to live in lawlessness instead. Paul writes about those consequences in verse 15. He says, if you keep on biting and devouring each other, that would be the opposite of loving and serving each other, he says, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. Again, as we mentioned earlier, with great freedom, with true freedom, comes responsibility. When the citizens of our country, for example, abuse their freedoms, there are consequences. As we have tragically seen in a number of instances in our country, when people abuse their right to bear arms, people are hurt. People are killed. In the same way, when we abuse our Christian freedoms, there are consequences, both physical and spiritual. Our sinful flesh wants us to take that great freedom that God has given us in Christ, 
and just run wild and do whatever we want to do. Go against the things that please God in order to please ourselves. Maybe our flesh gets us to think things like, well, God's already forgiven this through Jesus, right? So I'm just going to do it anyway. That type of thinking and feeling does not show that we are living in freedom in Christ. It actually shows that we're still slaves to our sin and to our sinful self. Still slaves to sin and death. And so freedom, true freedom, implies that you have a choice. That you can freely make a choice to do or not do. And when we were born in this world spiritually, we were not born into freedom. We were born in chains, in the slavery of sin and spiritual death. We did not actually have a choice spiritually. We could not choose to love God or do the things that please him. We were trapped in a spiritual prison of sin helpless to save ourselves and free ourselves from the impending judgment of eternal death. We couldn't break those chains of sin ourselves. We couldn't free ourselves from that prison of death that held us. By nature, we didn't even know how lost we actually were. God's divine power and his love had to intervene. He had to reach down and rescue us. And he did that by becoming one of us by sending his son Jesus to break the chains of our sin through his death on the cross, to break open the doors of death's prison by his resurrection from the dead and give us freedom over sin, death, and even hell itself. Jesus has also given us the gift of his Holy Spirit so that we're now led by him instead of our sinful flesh, instead of our sinful self. As Paul writes in our text, So I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. This freedom that we have in Christ is more important and more blessed than any freedom we could be given by the Bill of Rights or any other document written by people. The freedom that we have in Jesus is not temporary. It doesn't depend on the might of an earthly nation or an army. But rather, these freedoms are eternal, and they're spiritual. This freedom that we enjoy in Christ gives us the most important blessings we can enjoy in this life, namely the forgiveness of sins, the peace that comes from knowing every single one of our sins has been washed away, paid for in that cross of Christ. The joy and peace of salvation, knowing that we have an eternal home in heaven with Jesus when this life comes to an end. We've been forgiven. We've been set free from the power of sin by Christ's death. And with his Holy Spirit living in us, empowering us, we do now have true freedom. Through his strength and his power, we have a choice. We have the freedom to choose the path of righteousness, to say and do and think the things that please God and show love to our fellow human beings. We have the freedom to say no to thoughts and actions and words that are sinful and self-destructive. Self-destructive not just to our bodies and our minds, but also to our souls. That is true freedom. Being able to say yes to righteousness and say no to sin. And so as we take the time to celebrate our freedom 
as citizens of this country. Let's take the time to celebrate our true freedom in Christ. At the same time, let's think about how we're going to use that freedom as we go about our daily lives. Let that beautiful word take on a whole new meaning for you this 4th of July weekend and throughout your year. After all, that freedom in Christ is a freedom worth celebrating. Amen. And that peace of God which passes all understanding will keep your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. This has been a publication of the Church of the Lutheran Confessions Ministry by Mail. For more information, visit clclutheran.org. For print copies of this or other sermons, please visit lutheransermons.org.